they charge me with resisting arrest. Get that confidence in jail. I object. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special episode, a double episode, Allegedly Bravo and Legally 40-ish. It's me and Cash here with Allegra. Hello. How are you? Hi. Nice to see you guys again. Nice to, Good see, to see you. Too. So we're all we're looking col- we're, we're all looking so fabulous, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I this hair went to the gym last night. I don't even know what's <laughs> happening to it. You know, it's Saturday morning. It's Saturday morning, exactly. Whatever we look like is none of your guys' business. <laughs> That's the reason why we will never drop video episodes. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, we're here today to talk about. Mr. Bill Cosby, who is pervert extraordinaire (laughs) and one of the only blind people I will ever make fun of. (laughs) (laughs) I just doing the research on this. I really, I did a deep dive into the, the initial, the 2005 incident. Mm -hmm. I guess I just didn't realize what a predator he was. Oh, and yeah. I know that's so naive. Well, but I'm not really, I wasn't really up to date on this case. I know obviously that he was charged, but doing the research, he very much is a blind predator. He's a blind predator. And I have a really fun quote that I can't wait to share with you guys as we get in. <laughs> yeah. I mean, doing like, I mean, I'll be totally transparent in my research abilities on this, you know, wiki was a lovely source to to go to. Mm -hmm. And the amount of allegations, the, I mean, I just was like, holy shit. Like he is, he's been 60. Yeah. And since the 1960s, he's been (laughs) alleged to have been fondling unconscious women. So it's just, it's pretty crazy. And I think there, sorry, Lauren, I no. think there's two allegations of sexual abuse against minors yeah. as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, so we're going to get into that. If So this is a blanket trigger warning. We're going to be talking about the R word. We're going to be talking about like digital penetration. So if this is an episode that you would like to skip, no hard feelings, go ahead and skip it. Um, but if you're here for the ride, buckle up because this is a bad man. And we're going to talk about all of the terrible things that he's done. So blanket trigger warning. Um, but I mean, I feel very comfortable speaking about this. I know you guys do. So we'll try to make this as like kind as possible to our listeners while still getting all the facts across, you know? Yes. I think it's important. Like I know people get uncomfortable with the topic, Mm -hmm. but I think that's the reason that people don't talk about it enough, or that's why people don't come forward because there's this, you know, cloud around it. And it's like, we need to be able to be comfortable talking about it, especially when we're exposing terrible conduct. Um, So obviously, yeah, if it's not something you're comfortable listening to, go ahead and turn it off. Go listen to our last episode if you haven't already. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and I also think it's, it's really important to also give background on the procedural history of the case. Mm -hmm. So people can understand that a lot of times these victims come forward and their cases are not prosecuted and really get into the nitty gritty, I guess, of how the prosecution works, what it looks like, and really why Cosby's free. 
Yeah. And I think it gives a voice to the victims and it retells their stories and the importance of reporting Mm -hmm. and holding these monsters and predators accountable. Yeah. I agree. Monster is a monster. Um, So Bill Cosby has been accused by about 60 different women that we know of. I mean, so it could be even more um, of rape, drug facilitated sexual assault, sexual battery, child sexual abuse and general sexual misconduct from as early as the 1960s. And whenever he was asked about it, he doesn't want to talk about it. So that's very convenient. Of course, he doesn't want to talk about it. It's like typical predator ruin everyone's lives and then go silent. Um, but he was born in 1937. That's wild. So I know it old. seems so long ago. He's only 10 years older than younger than my grandmother. Yeah, he's old. That's <laughs> insane to think about. Like that's a. And it's weird that he was like America's father, you know, I will say, oh, go ahead. No, you go. I was just, I grew up watching the Cosby show. Like I loved it because it would play on Nick at night, Nick Mm -hmm. at night and on Nickelodeon. And there was something just so endearing about him and so endearing about the family. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's upsetting. It is upsetting. You wouldn't expect this. And you also think like, what was he doing on set? Was oh yeah. Behavior. Was he predatorial towards the women on, on the set or was it a total facade and he was living this double life behind closed doors? But you see that like, secret. I mean, and that's probably why he got away with it for so long, because who's going to believe that, you know, America's father's going to mm-hmm. be molesting or a sexually abusing or sexually assaulting anyone. So that's, and, and I I've seen in practice and I'm sure you guys have too, that it's not always the weird, creepy guy who lives in a van. Like that is the molester. It's the gregarious, charming, you know, the person that nobody would suspect. And that's how they get away with this kind of conduct. Right. We actually just talked about this on our last episode. We did our criminal behaviors and we were talking about people that post inappropriate photos online of their children or just regular, I shouldn't say inappropriate photos of their kids online that may be like in the bathtub or coming out of the water or swimming and they're naked. Mm -hmm. And our whole point about it was, is you may think that your friends are your friends and live normal lives. You do not know what people do behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and you do not know what kind of double life somebody may be leading. And unfortunately with sexual assault and just exploitation of women I feel like it's more common than we people want to recognize yeah no I totally agree I have a group text with a couple of my friends and we talk shit on the dance moms because they and trust me I was a dancer growing up so like but my mom never let me do certain types of dancing that was just what she thought was sexualizing children and so I have a lot of friends on social media that post pictures of their little girls with like legs spread legs up. And I'm like, please stop. Like tiny little leotards. Yes. Or their crop tops tops. and they're doing this like duck face. Yeah. And it's like, I get it. It's fucking cute that your kid can like do the cartwheels and end in a split. Like that's amazing. (laughs) But like, there are just perverts out there and you can't, we just can't trust these people. Well, look, yeah. Exhibit A, Cosby. Exhibit Mm -hmm. A, America's grandfather. And can Our we jello, say jello man? 
Can we say that I didn't realize that he's been married since 1964. So he's been married the entire, he's still married to his wife. Mm -hmm. How could you stay married after hearing these kinds of accusations? And not just hearing the accusations, but then he confirmed that he did some of this stuff. So maybe we're getting ahead. No. And something I've never understood. Well, and I guess it really goes to show that it is a mental illness and you have to seek treatment to combat this type of behavior. And I, cause I think that Cosby's addicted to this behavior. I don't, whether it's a sex addiction, whether it's a pornography or whatever, but how do you, how do you lead this life when you are the father of five children, four of which are females? Yeah. Girls. Cause you're how a bad you, man. How do you live a life of exploiting and really attacking women and taking advantage of them when you are a father of girls? It makes no sense. I mean, you can't make sense out of but I, yeah. so crazy. I just, I, I guess I, I, and I, I guess, yeah, it's just a, it's a mental illness and they're not thinking about anybody else. Obviously when they're engaging that behavior, they're thinking about themselves and they're thinking with their other head. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really sad. I think we should castrate him, but that's well, just this is why. This is why I think the death penalty exists. And some people may think that that's a little, a little far, but I really do think the death penalty exists for rapists, sex, people who are sexual predators, child abusers, engaged in child pornography, people who truly can never be rehabilitated. And their actions are evident of that. I, I don't know. I know that might be a little. <laughs> I you love controversial opinions. I hate, opinions. It I hate it. I conversation. Just, I hate it because you're victimizing somebody and you're ruining somebody else's life forever. Forever. For what? 10 minutes of self-gratification. And then it's generational trauma that then is continuing on. It's like, why are we as women being exploited for one minute? I don't know. Get rid of him. Get rid of him. Get rid Bye. Of Bye. Kick him off the world. I think that was the one comment that might get me canceled. (laughs) No, I don't think it's, I don't think it's controversial. I just think it's people, I just think people don't want to say it out loud or publicly, but you see like there, this is kind of off topic, but on topic, I can't remember his name, but there's some like MMA fighter who recently, um, I think, you know what I'm talking about? It was in San Francisco. It was in the Bay area. Yeah. Um, and he attacked the man who was accused of, I think, molesting his niece or a family member and he went and like shot him he didn't kill him but he's being charged with attempted murder and it's like mm-hmm. i don't believe in vigilante justice but right. sometimes Absolutely. you do like how are you going to stop so i mean i think that would be most people's natural reaction is to want to mm-hmm. fucking kill someone who molests mm-hmm. your family member it so, always it always reminds me of like um have you guys seen willie i'm sure you guys have seen like willie wonka in the chocolate factory uh, like the original one time. where like um Augustus Gloop is like in the chocolate fountain and um, Willy Wonka's like, oh no, somebody do something. Yeah. Like that's how I feel whenever like someone's going uh-huh. up against like some pervert. Like, no. It's so true. Um, did you, did you guys realize how prolific his career was? Like no. I didn't. Yeah. And I mean, obviously uh, I knew about the Cosby show, but I didn't realize that, you know, he won and he was the first African-American to win an Emmy award for acting. I know. He was like all of these things that we found in our research. I, w- I didn't realize his status, I guess, until doing the research. 
I was a stand-up comedian. He mm-hmm. was uh, obviously a regular, I mean, an actor on his series, did animated series, Bad Albert. But then he was also, a, he would always get inducted into colleges as mm-hmm. like, he would always get these honorary doctorate degrees. Yeah. And let me confirm something. Wait. Uh, the honorary degrees, I don't understand. So like they give it to him because he was good at acting. So they were like, we'll pretend you have a degree from NYU because. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift recently got right, an a degree, degree from NYU. I think it is one of the most insane things that we do as a society <laughs> to allow actors or people of high, like certain status to dress up like the graduates who have just spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on their degrees, <laughs> countless hours in the library. And you allow Taylor Swift to put on the same gown, like putting, think about when you graduated law school, like putting on that cap and gown and that sash and walking. It was such a powerful moment and something you look forward to. And I don't know, to give it to Taylor <laughs> Swift, it's so weird. Well, I think we do that as a society, like generally, it's weird that we idolize people for being good at singing or acting like yeah. it's it's not that serious <laughs> no important. i know i know to i you can respect it and enjoy watching and engaging and listening to the music yeah but to the celebrity obsession is weird well yeah, was, here we are yeah here we are talking about these people <laughs> self-aware <laughs> well and there was a huge fandom obviously behind Bill Cosby like people did not want to believe these allegations no all. people were I mean really this was I think kind of the beginning of think if because the initial incident happened in 2005 think if yeah. that initial incident happened in 2022 Oof. we'd be in a completely different space we'll be back after a quick break Finding Ruby is the incredible true story of a 16-year-old tricked by a seemingly innocent Facebook message. A message that would lead her from the protection of the mountains to the nightmare of an online trafficking den. Her first message to me was like, Hi, are you looking for a job? Ruby is hidden from the world, from everyone except her abusers. But she isn't alone. There is a team of people looking for her, and they will stop at nothing to find her. This isn't just the fight of her life, it's their fight too. Search for Finding Ruby today. I agree, the climate, you wouldn't think that from, you know, 15 years that the climate would change that much with respect Mm -hmm. to, you know, believing survivors of abuse, um, you know, I, and I think, and we'll get to this when we talk about that specific case, but I don't even believe that the prosecutor believed the victim in this case. I think that yeah. like, you know, it's just like, oh, it's just your word and we have nothing else to go on. And I feel like um, that's changed a lot, obviously, over the last 15 I have years. A, or so. yeah. I have a controversial opinion about that, actually. Oh, God. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Should we talk so, about the case or do you want to give your opinion? No, no, no. It's about the case. So, mm-hmm. okay. So in 2005, this was the incident really that kicked everything off with Cosby. So he was friends with or befriended uh, this woman named Andrea Constant. Is that how you say the last name? Constant? Constant. 
Constant. Constant. And they met at Temple University, which ironically, that is where Mr. Cosby got an honorary doctorate degree. I don't know Mm. if you knew that. She was, she was the director of operations for women's basketball and they really developed a friendship throughout the early years. And then they would go to dinner together. She would go to his comedy shows. They were very, very friendly. Mm -hmm. And there was the initial incident where I believe they were at his house and he had put his hand on her thigh at one point. And she was like, Oh, I don't think it's that crazy. Like I just thought it was a kind gesture, you know, didn't think anything of it. And then there was another incident where he tried unbuttoning her pants and she got up and left. And then fast forward to 2005, where she goes to his house and she's kind of in this transitionary period in her career. And she wanted Cosby's advice, goes to the house and he has, I think, a glass of wine and water. And then he goes, and then I think she was having trouble, what, sleeping or something. She was just having anxiety and was like generally stressed about making a big career change Uh from like coach to whatever her new career path was that she wanted. So this, sorry, it didn't happen in 2005. It happened in 2004. Uh And Cosby comes out with his palm open saying, hey, here, take these pills. I rely on them. They help me a lot. And they were a couple blue pills. Mm -hmm. She takes them, obviously trusting Bill Cosby, and then suddenly starts to feel woozy and starts to feel the side effects. Mm -hmm. And then she And he tells her that they're herbal medication too, like- so she's under the impression she's taking some holistic. Shit, oh, I didn't you know? know that. Yeah. He was like, these are herbal things. I use them all the time to relax. So she's like, okay, cool. Like swallow. So she starts feeling weird, eventually ends up sitting down on the couch, is coming in and out of consciousness, wakes up to Bill Cosby sitting behind her, fondling her breasts, mm-hmm. digitally penetrating her. And I think she goes and then falls back asleep, right? Yeah. Loses consciousness again. And so I obviously think all of us know at this point that it was Quaaludes that he had given her. Yeah. And so what are the, Lauren, do you want to say the effects of it? Um, Yeah. She had like really shaky knees. Um, She couldn't move her limbs, like couldn't lift them up. She was super dizzy, was like so weak that she couldn't walk herself. So the way she got to the couch um, after taking her, the quaaludes he gave her was like, he basically carried her there, plopped her down and then like positioned himself so that he was behind her on the couch. So the way that I'm picturing this is as though she's sitting in his lap, right? I I picture it as though she's sitting in between his legs. Like, you know, you would sit between somebody's legs and they'll give you a back massage or that's what I'm picturing. Or she's laying kind of backwards into his, his chest. And what? his legs are wrapped around her. Yeah, exactly. His le- That's how I picture it too. Um, and then I guess she's only barely conscious. Like how scary. I, I That's so scary. Well, and then she got up, I guess, and woke up, uh, got up off the couch. And then she sees Bill Cosby standing in the doorway wearing his robe and slippers. Yeah. And he goes, oh, there's some tea and muffins on the counter for you. Good so morning. she takes, takes a sip of the tea, takes some muffins and takes off right yeah Mm -hmm. and then go ahead oh I was gonna say she just like mentioned that when she woke up like after 
after all that at four in the morning, she like felt raw in and around her vagina. Her clothes were all messy. Like her undergarments were in disarray. So it was, I mean, you don't just normally wake up like that. I mean, to be honest though, when I sleep in a tank top, like there's a titty on the left, you know, but (laughs) this is not that. No, this is not that. This is not that. Way to lighten lighten the mood. (laughs) Well, and so after this incident, right, Mm -hmm. she continues to have a relationship with Cosby, like a friendly relationship with Cosby. Yeah. They'll call each other, talk to each other. And then one night she wakes up in the middle of the night, crying, feeling scared, calls her mom. They end up having a conversation. This is almost a year later. And she discloses to her mom what happened. Yeah. Um, at that point, her mom had advised her basically to go to the police. And so they went to the Ontario police department and filed a police report in Canada. Mm-hmm. And then they eventually obviously referred that down to the, was it Montgomery County? Yeah. Um, so. In the United, in the United States. But during this time, they had been reaching out to Bill Cosby, her and the mom to try to figure out what the pills were, because she was really, really concerned. Like, what pills did you give me? I want to know what happened. Like, why was I feeling that way? And Bill Cosby was, wasn't he adamant that it was Benadryl? Yeah. Well, I think with her, he wouldn't, he just wouldn't tell he her. He just wouldn't say it. Mm-hmm. He does tell the police eventually that it was Benadryl, but he doesn't tell her what they Last are. Last time I checked, Benadryl's pink. Yeah, pink. that's the other. It's like, you're such a bad liar. Like, if yeah. you're going to hand someone blue pills and be like, it's Benadryl. It's like, maybe Viagra would be a yeah. mistake, but yeah. Benadryl's hot pink. Yeah. And so that really kicked it off, right? And so we're about a year later, almost a year probably to the date of incident where she finally feels where she's obviously having PTSD and some type of trauma as a result of this incident where it's absorbing probably her mind and she can't think of anything else. And she gets to the point where she finally, you know, can't, can't do it anymore. I love (sighs) the mom. I know. I do too. Her mom was on the call with him and then Cosby's trying to like oh well here let me give you some money here let's because he knows what's happening obviously the questions are being asked he knows okay I got to put this to bay now Mm -hmm. and nip it in the butt before this turns into something I don't want it to so he's offering to set up trust accounts he's offering to pay for her education offering to just really pay, pay her off in silencer which we've obviously seen with all of the men who have been me tooed Randall Emmett recently. Have you guys read that article? Randall Emmett. Oh my God. Have you guys read the article? Yeah, Yeah, we did. And we did. Do you need it? it. Yes. Can you send it to me? Because I hit the paywall and my, my dumb ass didn't want to pay for it. (laughs) We're not using JavaScript in this household. So (laughs) we bypass that. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, yeah. Send it to me, please. Yeah. Very, very. It seems like a common theme amongst the abusers, right? I didn't do anything wrong, but here I'm setting up a trust account for. Right. It's like, okay, no one's done that for me. (laughs) I'm still waiting. (laughs) No, but, yeah, but gosh, it, I'm it, waiting for your controversial opinion about all of this. Like, oh, no, I'll get, um, I'll get it's to not there yet. Okay. Yeah, once okay. we get to the We're building up the controversy. I'm just sitting here like this, like, when's it no, going My <laughs> butt's clenched. I'm really scared of whatever you're going to say. <laughs> well, so, okay. So she files this, this report, right? Mm-hmm. With Ontario Police Department, goes down to Montgomery. The DA gets involved. The lead detective gets involved. They bring 
Andrea down to do an interview. She's obviously nervous. It's the first time she's talked about it. Mm-hmm. And it is uncomfortable. It's really, especially from what I've seen, when women are talking to male police officers, it can be extremely vulnerable and uncomfortable to talk to men, especially a group of men. Well, about- and they they don't get it. Like I reported my sexual assault to the police officers, like um, when I was assaulted by the vet. And it was like, you're trying to tell them like, and then he put his arm around me and did X, Y, Z. And they're like, well, how do you know it wasn't friendly? And it's like, there's a vibe. Well, and why is my vet touching me? Right. You know? and, it, and it's like, I'm not the one getting the exam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to talk about that stuff, especially when people like, there's no way a man could get that. They don't live in that reality. They just don't. Yeah. And so she had, she had talked to the police and told really provided a chronology of her relationship with Cosby, as well as the separate incidences that had happened and laid it all out there. This is where we get to the controversial opinion, right? Uh-oh. So the DA looks at the testimony or sorry, not testimony at the interviews. And he, I think there were multiple interviews and he, in his statement, I want to try to find the statement really quickly. Um, you know, unfortunately with cases of domestic violence or even sexual assault, it is so hard to prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt when you only have the witness or the victim's testimony. And it's not, doesn't, it's not the prosecutor making that you have to remember it's going to a 12 people and you have to look at the evidence and weigh that evidence and make a decision of whether or not a case can be proven beyond a reasonable doubt. And I do not disagree with the prosecutor and not pressing charges and filing charges, because if you believe you cannot prove a case beyond a reasonable doubt, you cannot file the charges. We'll be back after a quick break. Were you team Backstreet Boys or NSYNC? Britney or Christina? Simple Life or Newlyweds? With When They Popped, you don't have to pick a side because we're going to mention it all. When They Popped retells the stories of the late 90s and early 2000s biggest celebrities, trends, and phenomena like boy band mania, celebrity-based reality TV, and the rise of famous for being famous socialites. We'll unpack their rise to fame and uncover some facts you may have not known along the way. So throw up your away message and throw it back with us with When They Popped. Available wherever you stream your podcasts. So I don't disagree with you if that's your controversial opinion. I don't think it's super controversial. I think the part that I was disturbed by in reading is that it was one of the main factors that the DA considered was the fact that she delayed reporting as if that was what made her not credible. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the fucked up part because I would think, especially in 2005, this is not 1955. We know that people often delay reporting of abuse and especially with a trusted individual. He was a mentor to her. He was not just a stranger off the street who attacked her. He's a man Mm -hmm. that she did care for and trusted. So the idea that you wouldn't report is so, I mean, that's just common. Anyone would know that. But again, it's not him that's making like, yes, he is the one who makes the final decision, but he is looking at it from the perspective of a jury. Yeah. And that is one piece of information that he took into account in making his final decision. So he thought, okay, look at, I'm looking at all the facts that we have. We have a victim who is 12 months out from the date of incident, never reported it, never talked to anybody. 
about it. We only have her as a witness. We have no other physical evidence. We don't have any documentation or proof. We don't have any video recordings, nothing. So all I have is this woman a year later, who's going to get up and testify. And he also articulates in, in the, if you read the appeal states, there were inconsistencies in her test in, in the initial interview she gave versus the second interview she gave. So he's taking that in and under the totality of the circumstances and saying, look, I don't think we're going to be successful here with prosecution. And, and I, I think it's a, it's a reality when you get 12 jurors. I mean, I've had cases like that with victims, with victims of domestic violence, where it's a late report and jurors, when you go and you pull the jury afterwards and you say, Hey, what, what was the reason? Like, why did you guys walk the guy? Oh, well, I thought it was weird that she didn't, she didn't call 911 immediately. And this is in 2020. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's, you have to remember it's, it's the jury. It's, you have to be able to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. And you have to look at the holes of your case. And unfortunately late reporting, I think maybe it might change as, as the years go on, but when people start to realize that, like, listen, people do report late, like with, you know, it's an uncomfortable thing. And you're kind mm -hmm. of dealing with a lot after the thing happens, like, it's like really we were talking about with this, this Andrea girl, like, um, you know, she calls her mom. She's like, what do I do? Like, I, I don't really get it. Like, what were the pills? It's like, mm-hmm. it takes a while to piece it all together. Yeah. And so it's like the public, like, we need to really realize and understand that, like, this late reporting thing, like, it can't be the reason. Like, it just can't. Well- And I think what you do is to combat that now is you bring in an expert, you bring Mm -hmm. in an expert to testify as to domestic violence, trauma, sexual abuse, trauma, late reporting, like you have to then bring in expert testimony. But I, there's nothing more difficult than being a prosecutor and having to look at a victim in the eyes or over the phone and tell them, unfortunately, I'm not able to pursue prosecuting this case because we will not be able to prove it at you know, beyond a reasonable doubt. And I always told victims, it's not, I believe you 100%. And I, you know, and you have to, I found that to be an important part of the job is to reassure victims. I believe you, but unfortunately when you bring in a criminal defense attorney and then you bring in 12 extra minds and then you bring in a judge who potentially could suppress certain pieces of evidence, the case can become weaker and, and the doubt can be there. And so you always, I think it's important as a prosecutor, if that's what anybody who's listening wants to do or currently does is to reassure victims that you believe them, especially when the, you know, I, like I had a 911 call one time I tried the case and the woman, it was a seven minute 911 call where the woman is actively recording the abuse happening on the 911 call tells the name of the defendant talks about his description, everything, and is crying, sobbing. My victim chose not to testify in the trial. And so I only played the 911 call. The fact that my victim wasn't there was enough reasonable doubt for them not to prosecute the defendant, even though there was actual evidence that that she was being abused and being hit through the call. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's a hard job. It's very hard. And I have, I've never practiced in criminal law, but as a civil attorney, I've had to do, you know, similar things in terms of, I take a lot of sexual abuse cases. So um, I've had to tell people, 
even in civil court where our burden is much lower, Mm -hmm. I've had to say, we can't prove your case. Like we have to prove so many things and it's really hard. It is devastating, especially for certain victims who've been let down by the criminal justice system. Then they come to, to us hoping to get, you know, let's try here, anything, let's just hold someone accountable for what, what happened. And we have to say, sorry. And it, it is really heartbreaking, but, and I guess that's what bothered me in reading. And again, we're getting facts from a court opinion. It's not from the DA's mouth, but Mm -hmm. the way they write it, it's as if it says the fact that Constant had failed to promptly file a complaint against Cosby troubled the district attorney. And that like, there's things that's like about his opinion about her. And it's like, it shouldn't be about his opinion. It right. should be about whether he could prove the case beyond a reasonable right. doubt. So I guess the way it's written to me, it, his own personal views about her or the case is what really um, impacted his decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like and when we're talking about delayed reporting, and I don't obviously know anything about this woman specifically, but you have to think that you're going to feel some shame and guilt about going to his house, taking random pills, you know, like you're, how are you going to tell someone this and have them believe you? And then she does. And then this is what happens. Well, and be like, and then I took the pills and then I don't know what happened, but my vagina hurts, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, uh, how traumatizing it is. It's terrible. Um, but this woman, um, or not this woman, this district attorney, um, ended up kind of working out a, a deal to not prosecute Cosby by kind of encouraging him to testify in this civil case. And that's how we got so much information about like the mm-hmm. Quaaludes and, you know, what, what everything happened because she did sue him in, in civil court, um, since they wouldn't press charges in criminal and she sued for battery assault intentional and and negligent infliction of emotional distress defamation and false light invasion of privacy because he went on the record to like the inquirer and was like no she's just like slandering me and i'm not going to stand for it yeah and so really quickly going back just to the da's decision to not press charges I think that he was extremely thoughtful, bef- thoughtful and in making the decision not to press her. Like he really, really, truly looked at everything. And I also think he thought, okay, if I can't press charges, what's the next best thing? And the next best thing is for her to allow her an opportunity to file charges against him in civil court and to at least be made whole some way with monetary damages. So I, I do think that the prosecutor was pro victim in this instance and was trying to do his best to make sure that there was some level of justice that was taken. Yeah. But yeah. And that's, and that's like the the most important thing about how he ended up subsequently being charged and, and all that falls out is this issue, this decision by the Mm -hmm. DA to say, and the DA did not reach an actual formal written agreement. There was no agreement. Hey, we will not prosecute you. And you are then have to waive your fifth amendment right and testify in a civil trial. It was a public declaration in a press conference, a press release that they weren't going to prosecute Cosby. Yeah. So I've, I'm going to pull a piece of the press release. So it says here, the district attorney has reviewed the statements of the parties involved. Those of all 
those of all witnesses who might have firsthand might have firsthand knowledge of all the alleged incident involving family, friends, coworkers of the complainant, and professional acquaintances and employees of Mr. Cosby. Detectives searched Mr. Cosby's Cheltenham home for potential evidence. Investigators further provided the DA with phone records and other items that might have evidentiary value. Lastly, the district attorney reviewed statements from other persons claiming that Mr. Cosby behaved inappropriately with them on prior occasions. That's interesting. However, detectives could find no instance in Mr. Cosby's past where anyone complained to law enforcement of conduct, which constitutes a criminal offense. That's where I have a problem. (laughs) Yeah, because it's like, okay, so just because he didn't do it to anyone else who complained to you, like he didn't, this isn't a thing. Yeah. So they're looking for past behavior, obviously, to help corroborate or, and I guess the thinking behind it is, look, we have no physical evidence. We have nothing else. The next best, the next piece of evidence that could be powerful and beneficial for a prosecution is other witness testimony or other allegations of misconduct, which they couldn't find. So I think that was probably the last thing they were looking for, but Well, and surprise, surprise, here's a bunch of misconduct that he's engaged in, like in in the trial that he had the civil trial with. Was it the civil trial or the eventual trial where all these witnesses testified? It was the criminal trial where the witnesses actually testified in court. Right. It was it. There was no criminal trial because we fast forward to, Mm -hmm. you know, 10, 10 years Mm -hmm. and Constant Files a civil lawsuit and he, Bill Cosby testifies at deposition. He sits for like four depositions. Mm -hmm. And in those depositions, he admits that he has given women quaaludes and had sex Mm -hmm. with them. Mm -hmm. Um, He admits that he gave her Benadryl and he doesn't, he admits to having sexual contact with her, but that it was always consensual. Correct. Um, So it wasn't until that sworn deposition testimony that was obviously incriminating because he's admitting to, drugging women and having sex with them, um, <laughs> that the Pennsylvania, the Commonwealth, the DA, the new DA decides mm-hmm. we're going to press charges against him. Yeah. yeah. So there's a really interesting exchange between the, cause I, the new DA, I think issued a press release or something that they were going to be pursuing charges against Cosby then. So the new DA is DA Furman and the previous DA was DA Cast. Caster. So this is an excerpt from an email exchange between the two DAs. So it's on page 17 of the opinion, if you guys have it open. It says the attached press release, because this is going back and forth with what Allegra said about whether or not there was a written determination to not press charges, or sorry, to really, yeah, to never press charges against Cosby related to this incident. So this is from DA Caster. He says the attached press release is the written determination that we would not prosecute Cosby. That was what the lawyers for Constant wanted and I agreed to. The reason I agreed and the plaintiff's lawyers wanted it in writing is so that Cosby could not take the Fifth Amendment to avoid being deposed or testifying. A sound strategy to employ. That meant to all involved, including Cosby's lawyer at the time, Mr. Phillips, that what Cosby said in the civil litigation could not be used against him in criminal prosecution for the event We had him under investigation for an early 2005. I signed the press release for precisely this reason. At the request of Constant's counsel and with the the acquaintance of Cosby's counsel with full and complete intent to bind the Commonwealth that anything Cosby said in the civil action or sorry, civil case 
could not be used against him, thereby forcing him to be deposed. So Castor, the DA, is adamant that that press release was a written determination of his intention never to prosecute Cosby. Do you think that that press release now knowing, I guess, his mental state at the time was enough to overturn a conviction? Okay, so we're jumping ahead. Sorry, to... we jumped ahead. I know. Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just trying to make sure I understand the question because um, I think that the Pennsylvania Supreme Court got it right mm-hmm. legally. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think that, unfortunately, um, well, I think that his due process rights were violated by then using the information to um, to convict him in a subsequent uh criminal case mm-hmm. okay so next question do you if you were the da caster for this is for both of you if you were da caster would you have agreed to this press release and or would you have said look we're not going to pursue charges but i'm not putting anything in writing uh, this and i just hope the victim pursues a civil action i'll go i feel like if we're going to be waiving the ability to try people like to give them their fifth amendment. Right. You know, like it should be a little bit more set in stone than a press release. Like I get that, like the press release was, you know, enough to say like, Hey, we're not going to, we're not going to prosecute you. I just feel like if we're going to be doing that so that somebody waives a right that they are given by the constitution there should be like a piece of paper that everyone signs, maybe like a stipulation or something. <laughs> I, agree. I agree. I I agree with you too. And I think that that's what the trial court said. So what ultimately happened is Cosby was then charged with the conduct related to Constant, mm-hmm. went to, went to criminal trial. He was convicted and that's how he ended up in prison. But in the course of that criminal trial, um, his attorneys attempted to get it thrown out because they said, Hey, no, 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 no. There was an agreement back in 2005. They, we were, they were not going to prosecute your, Mm -hmm. this is a violation of his due process rights. And the trial court said, no, the trial court said exactly what you said, Lauren, that there is a, an immunity statute here in this state. If you want to confer immunity on a defendant, you need to comply with that immunity statute. Mm -hmm. And when I read the trial court's opinion, I was like, yep, that's right. I agree with you. And that's what I love. This is what I love about the law. That's super nerdy is because then I read the Supreme court decision. I'm like, no, I agree with you. You're right. And then I read, then I read today, the concurring and dissenting opinion. And I'm like, actually, I agree with you. Mm -hmm. That's actually the one I agree with the most, because ultimately what the Supreme court said, this Pennsylvania Supreme court said was no, you have a person acting on behalf of the government who said pretty unequivocally, we are not going to prosecute you. Mm-hmm. That means you are going to give up your Fifth Amendment right against self-incrimination, testify in a civil trial. And he, you know, detrimental reliance, contract law, he relied on that promise and therefore he testified and gave incriminating evidence. And I think that um, unfortunately, it's one of those situations where even though the law, I think the court had sound reasoning and they came to the right determination. It fucking sucks. Mm-hmm. Like it's a shitty outcome, but yeah. it was probably the right one. And then finally on that, the concurring and dissenting opinion that I read today, I think made the most sense where they said, no, 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 no. You shouldn't have just, you shouldn't, 
it shouldn't be that he is never prosecuted. It should be that you could still prosecute him, but you just can't use those statements. The, those the deposition. Yeah. yeah. It's like the fruit of the poisonous tree. If you yes. obtain statements yeah. illegally or unconstitutionally, you can't use them. So they still could have potentially prosecuted him, but not used his depo testimony against him in mm-hmm. the criminal trial. Okay. That's it. I'm done. I want to go back to something you, <laughs> I want to go back to something you said about the immunity because you're talking about the Pennsylvania, there's a specific statute, right? And then the DA relied on the common law, right? In terms, I think that's what happened. He was interpreting it under common law for the agreement agreement versus the actual statute. Oh, to but not then, prosecute? Yeah, but there was also something else the trial court said that I found interesting about those depositions and like this question of him not asserting the Fifth Amendment. The trial court noted that Cosby was represented at all times by a competent team of attorneys, but none none of them uh, obtained Castor's promise in writing or memorialized it in any way. And uh, and none of them had any at any time advised Cosby to assert his Fifth Amendment in that deposition. Mm -hmm. I don't that's where I don't understand from Cosby's attorney's perspective. Like, okay, so we. We kind of got an agreement from the DA's office, but why was he so open, I guess, to talking about the facts of the case in the civil deposition? I think he should have still asserted his Fifth Amendment right. He should have. And his attorneys, I think, committed malpractice by yeah. not advising him to plead the fifth. Yeah. Yeah. And and I and then they could have obviously litigated this whole t- determination and writing then at that point. That would have been something that would have been litigated, I guess and talked about in the civil case about whether or not he could assert his fifth amendment. Right. And I think they would have allowed him to. Yeah. yeah and a lazy moment. lawyering. It'll get you. If I, if it was, if my, if Cosby was my client, I would say, okay, that's lovely that you've put out a press release, but that does yeah. not protect my client. Yeah. I need something to protect. Yeah. Put it in writing really? to protect my client. And I think the thing is that I found, you know, you just, you were reading this cash, the email to the successor DA Mm-hmm. he's insisting that Constance's attorneys were, were okay with this, knew about this. And Constance says she knew nothing about it until after the yes, press release was issued. That's, that is very, yes. And I mm-hmm. read that, that she, the DA really had come to this decision on his own. And in reality, I mean, in reality, it is the DA's decision to press charges. And they represent the Commonwealth. They represent the people. They do not represent the victim. And so they're, under Marcy's law in California, there are strict requirements of communication with prosecution and, and the police department and everything, right? But I don't know what Pennsylvania is. I don't know if they have those same rights. But it should have been communicated to her. I don't know if it was required, but that is something they should have done. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know if that was necessarily a violation of any type of Pennsylvania law, but. Do you guys know how long Cosby was in prison before he was actually released? Yeah. I th- he was because I mean he, two he, years. he was, okay so he spent two years in prison as an old blind man <laughs> for so I mean it's a little bit of right there's a little justice. bit of like justice there with some prison time um but the we, sed- oh go ahead sorry he and also like with Andrea in the civil case they ended up settling out of court for like a monetary amount so like she did get some of the justice that she wanted there too. $3.38 million. Good for her. I so, mean, it wouldn't bring back your peace of mind, no, but no. So I want to talk about the actual trial that resulted from this whole 
incident between Andrea and Cosby. The criminal trial. Yeah, the criminal trial. So obviously, I think Allegra, you already said the charges, the DA's office, regardless of the communication they had with Castor and, you know, this question about whether or not Cosby detrimentally relied on the Fifth Amendment thing, the DAs decide to press forward, right? Mm -hmm. And so they decide to to file the criminal charges. I think the trial court said, look, you can't use any of the depositions in trial, but let's still put this trial on and they could call witnesses. Mm -hmm. Lauren, do you want to go through the witnesses that testified? So that, yeah, they had quite, quite a few women came and stepped forward. Um, I'll just go through briefly because I think it's important to honor what they had to say. Um, Janice Baker Kinney was 24 years old when Cosby was 45 years old. Um, she was working at Harris Casino in Nevada and she like got to know Cosby and he invited her and a friend to a party at his house to be like, Oh, come hang out her Janice and her friend get to this party. And it's a party of three, just Cosby, Janice and her friend. Um, yeah. When they came in, uh, Cosby gave her a beer and a pill and then a second pill. Um, she took it, you know, um, and then woke up on the couch. Her shirt was unbuttoned. Her pants were unzipped and he was fondling her while she was naked. And that is so weird. It sounds familiar. Right. Copy paste. <laughs> so then Janice Dickinson, who we, we all, all know, know from, love. yeah, <laughs> from everything in, under the sun. She was 27 um, when Bill Cosby contacted the modeling agency that Janice worked for, saying that he wanted to surprise mentor her. So one time they were having a mentorship meeting and she was like, oh, my gosh, I have cramps really bad. And he gave her a pill. Um, I think we can assume the pill was a quaalude. uh, And uh, he ended up raping her. And when she came to after taking her pill, um, there was semen on her legs and pain in her anus. Oh, my God. Oh, that just gave me the chills. Um, Heidi Thomas was 27 years old when Cosby was 46. Uh, Cosby, again, wanted to mentor her um, because she wanted to be an actress. Cosby said, let's start by pretending that you're intoxicated um, to develop that. And she says, well, I've never been intoxicated. So Cosby's like, oh, let's take some wine. So he gave her some wine, her first time ever imbibing. She passed out and came to on a bed to find Bill Cosby forcing his penis into her mouth. A 46-year-old man. Um, Chaylin Lysha was 17 years old when Dirty Blind Bill was 48. And again, he wanted to help her with her modeling career. Um, And just... Like these, these agencies or managers are not finding it odd that a 48 year old man is inquiring to mentor models who are not involved in his industry really at all. Right. Right. It's like, it's like like Cosby's some hot actor that, It's very Weinstein. It's like very Weinstein. It's, um, but this 17 year old girl he gave her a blue pill that that he told her was an antihistamine because she had a cold 
and then was like, oh, take two shots of liquor, which I would have taken the shots of liquor, too, if I'm there to be learning yeah. about how to be intoxicated. Right. Like, but with the pill and you're 17 and this like guys like, oh, we're going to get you on the Cosby show. It's your big break. Like, it's so predatory. Um, And then the last witness that testified um, was named Maude. She was 23 when Cosby was 52. And again, Cosby wanted contacted her modeling agency to refer her to a New York modeling agency, and they developed a relationship where Cosby mentored her and was a father figure to her. Um, he then gave her two shots of liquor. She felt dizzy, unable to stand, and Cosby asked her to sit between his legs and lean on his chest. And, you know, the rest is history. Um, but this is something that has been going on. I'm looking at this, like from at least when Cosby was 45 mm-hmm. through Cosby being 52, he is contacting these modeling agencies and being like, I'm going to mentor this person. And you can't tell me that no one in those modeling agencies had a pit about this. You can't tell me that, but we don't know that for sure. Well, and I think there's a lot of questions too by just, you know, the lay person who's asking themselves, how did we have 60 victims and we mm-hmm. only have one case that's being tried? And it's most of it is statute of limitations issues. And I'm sure there are some evidentiary issues as well. But mm-hmm. I think it's just it was such an unfortunate series of events that all came together. Like this Andrea's case was the one that the one and only that could be prosecuted. Yeah. And then we deal with this odd, very strange fifth amendment issue that then eventually overturns everything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's, he's it's really now, sad. It's yeah. It's tragic. It's, it's oh. awful. Oh, this is the quote. This is the quote I want to tell you guys about. So eventually, you know, the appeals process takes a while. So he's been in prison for two years and he gets woken up in the middle of the night Um, by two guards and says get up Cosby we're going you're free you're done he said that he got up and put his his shower shoes on and he put them on on the opposite feet because he thought it was he's a blind bitch (laughs) (laughs) because he he thought it was a joke Mm -hmm. this is a up through a press release I think from the New York Times it says when the guards told him he was free he says he joked that it was Juneteenth and says when he left in quotes murderers rapists bank robbers wife beaters were all clapping for me wow such a star and Cosby said in the video because he was I think somebody was recording him as they were leaving the prison they were in the vehicle together Cosby said in the video and it suggested that he will not be called in quotes a violent sex offender anymore well I'll call it to you you're violent sex offender but why incorporate that as you're leaving just this really prestigious group of people is clapping as (laughs) you exit and lest we not forget you were one of them yeah yeah up until 30 seconds prior yeah and uh, there's another quote from his most recent civil case so i i was like if he wasn't already a piece of shit for drugging and raping women Mm -hmm. his reaction to these verdicts just makes him 10 times worse he's disgusting we will get there but like hash said this is the only criminal case that has been brought against him. So there's been lots and lots of civil lawsuits that have been brought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I think Andrea Constan was still the first, 
mm-hmm. even in the civil trials. And then um, there's been a slew of, of additional uh, civil lawsuits brought against him. And what I thought was interesting from a legal perspective is that a lot of the lawsuits are defamation lawsuits. And I think that is because of the statute issue. Is that because mm-hmm. they couldn't bring um, a sexual assault or a civil sexual assault cause mm-hmm. of action because these women accused him of sexual abuse. And then he publicly denied them, called them liars, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. These women were then able to use that conduct as defamatory and then bring a lawsuit for defamation, which I thought was somewhat interesting way around mm-hmm. a statute, statute problem. Yeah. Good for those attorneys. Yeah. People are fighting, so creative. Fighting mm-hmm. for the victims. Yeah. Well, before we wrap up, I do want to just quote the Supreme Court and their ruling and why they held and really stood by or why they held to overturn his conviction. So it says, for the reasons detailed below, we hold that when a prosecutor makes an unconditional promise of non-prosecution and when the defendant relies upon the guarantee to the detriment of his constitutional right not to testify, the principle of the fundamental fairness that under undergirds due process of law in our criminal justice system demands that the promise be enforced. And I, Lauren, do you agree with this? I, it's just like, cause I know Allegra said she does. And so do I, I do. And it's like, I work in criminal defense. Like there are very bad people that every day I help fight for their constitutional rights, you know? And it's just like, at the end of the day, no matter how disgusting and painful it is, like one of the parts that I do like so much about working in law is like everybody is ideally and supposed to be given the same rights. And, mm-hmm. you know, you're it, it's unfortunate that bad people get them too, but bad people get them too. And and if we don't allow the people who have done wrong things to be afforded their constitutional rights. Like they don't mean anything Mm -hmm. because like that's who they're supposed to go and protect. So I don't personally like it, Yeah, but I agree. They made the right choice. Yeah. And as the court went on to talk about the fact that prosecutors hold really are at a higher standard than other attorneys, because I mean, Mm -hmm. you're, potentially stripping somebody of their right, right? Yeah. I mean, you're acting as the government, you're the government. Yeah. And so you're potentially stripping somebody of the right. And when I was a prosecutor, my supervisor, even though I was just doing misdemeanors, we're not talking, I wasn't sending anyone, anyone to prison, but my supervisor always told us and said, whether it's a citation or it's a third DUI and you're sending somebody to jail for three years, you treat every offer the same. And if you make an offer that you didn't like, and you try to renege that offer and give a offer that's maybe more beneficial to the government, the prosecution that it would, she goes, no, 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 no. You have to stick by your word and you have to allow them to take that offer, especially if they relied on it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what happened here. You have somebody, I think the evidence is clear that they detrimentally relied on it or he did. Um, And I think there's a good quote just to end, like kind of wrap it up, but there was a good quote here that said, the court was talking about the DA and it said, their obligation is not merely to convict, but rather to seek justice within the bounds of the law. Yeah. And it's, it's true. It is. It's, 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 yeah. Can we, I know we're like 
we've been going a while and we've talked a lot about this, but can we just touch lastly on the civil case that actually went to trial and resulted in a verdict? So, Mm -hmm. so like I said, there's been a ton of civil lawsuits. Most of them have settled out of court or been dismissed, or there's been some resolution, but one went to trial Mm -hmm. just recently, um, which kind of like gives me like goosebumps because, you know, getting a jury trial, getting to actually put the evidence in front of 12 people and have them reach a conclusion um, is pretty powerful stuff. And so um, this case from 1974, sexual assault at the Playboy Mansion, um, went to trial in Santa Monica courthouse. I actually know the person who acted as the jury consultant for the plaintiff. So I'm curious because I have a lot of questions about the verdict, but Ultimately, the jury did find Cosby liable for the sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Um, the part that really confused me, and you ladies can tell me what you think, but is they only awarded her five hundred thousand dollars. Yeah. So, and they didn't award punitive damages. So, in my opinion, and I could be wrong, but you know, this is—I don't know. This is what my gut tells me is that they wanted to find Cosby liable for sexual assault, but that uh-huh. they didn't necessarily believe her a hundred percent, which is not really how the system's supposed to work. It's right. not, but $500,000 for sexually abusing a 16 year old girl is yeah. not any money. Like, well, right. and, it, and it looks, to, it looks small, especially in comparison to the recent verdict that we had with the defamation trial with Amber yeah. Heard and Johnny Depp, you yeah. know? And yeah, I say $500,000 and I, f- I'm sorry. Cause I, some, I practice in civil litigation. So $500,000 is a ton of money to most of us. Shit. If I got 500 right. grand, I'd be happy as can be, but in the world that we work in and in the, what we do, you could not pay me $500,000 to have sexually abused me at 16 years old. Like exactly. that's just, in any world, $500,000 does not adequately compensate a victim of sexual abuse. Right. In, in my opinion. So that's why I say only $500,000. And then this motherfucker, <laughs> he finds out he didn't, he didn't show up to trial. He did not testify. He did, was not there, not present at all, but he gets a phone call. And apparently his reaction is that's it. Booyah. Ugh. And they're still going to appeal it. So he's I spend- hate him so I hate him so much. And his, his, his uh, spokesperson told everyone that what his phone call to Cosby was, he was like, that's it. Booyah. Oh my God. It's so Roger Stone. It makes me fucking sick. Like how disgusting are you? They think that this is a win for them. Have any of the jurors come out publicly? Publicly? No. His attorney says that they are not his attorney. His spokesperson said they spoke with a few of the jurors afterwards mm-hmm. and they were so like, Oh, you didn't, you shouldn't have been here. This should have never been here, but there's been no juror that has come out and said that. So I don't know that I believe the spokesperson, mm-hmm. uh, but they're ta- calling it an astonishing victory for Bill Cosby. I'm like, you were just found liable of sexually abusing a 16 year old. In what world is that a win? Right. Do you know how many, what, what the initial just amount financially. they were recording? Do you know what the initial initial amount of damages they were asking for prior to trial? I don't. In the millions. I'm sure I could I could get that information easily to yeah. find out what the demand was and what they asked the jury to award. They obviously wanted punitives, which could be, you know, millions. How do you not award punitive damages after you find someone liable for assaulting a <laughs> so, yeah. minor? That, that's my malice. point. Yeah. It's like. If their punitive damages are to punish, and like you were saying about the 500,000 not being a lot, like 
in a normal trial, that's not a lot. And it's also in a trial where the person has a deep ass pocket because they were part of the Cosby show and everything else. Like 500 grand is a drop in the bucket. That's not going to provide any punishment or any like, just like he said, it's a win. Yeah. It's just, it's just gross. It's so gross. I mean, it's already gross, but his reaction to it, it infuriated me when I saw it. Cause I, I was just like this guy, you're 80 fucking four years old and you are still, you're, you're excited about this, what you would consider a win and denying justice to so many women over Mm -hmm. so many years for such horrific conduct. I don't know. It just really fucking pisses me off. And it's like, and for what, what did you get out of it? Sexual pleasure? Like what, what was the point, you know, of any of it? I never, I never get it. It's like, what was the point of your bad behavior? Like, and his wife is still married to him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's probably cheaper for him to stay married to her than divorce her. Yeah. Well, and apparently he's a cheap bastard, a cheap blind bastard. (laughs) <laughs> I mean that it is it's unfortunate that the damages were so low but I wonder if they took into account because the allegations were from so long ago like I want to know the mental process of how they came to came to that because you think you would look at the comparable of how they settled the prior case for the right. 3.3 and they would have issued a settlement of the same value that's what but, I feel that's why I kind especially of the feel, minor. yeah that's why I kind of feel that there must be some idea of like credibility issue or mm-hmm. which isn't really how if they don't believe her then they shouldn't have found him liable like that's really the way the law works and i'm just saying my gut tells me something funky like that because yeah, yeah. otherwise you would have i wonder what the instructions look like the jury instructions i'm sure it's just a traditional cassie yeah. or whatever yeah the cassie jury instructions mm-hmm. well i mean at least we have seen throughout the years some type of quasi justice happen. Unfortunately, it's just been in the civil world. It hasn't been in the criminal, but like you said, Allegra, at least he sat in prison for two years blind, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and, and then put his shoes on wrong idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now a jury has found that he is liable for sexual abuse. So it's no longer allegations. It's no longer yes. alleged. He's not an alleged sexual abuser. He is violent. Mm-hmm. He offender. is a violent sexual offender. Yeah. So I mean, I I don't know what kind of life he's living, but I'm sure. Hopefully it sucks and his penis falls off. Well, I'm sure. And he gets chronic diarrhea for the rest of his life. (laughs) Well, it's it's just like Harvey Weinstein. You know, you see he was living this uh, a beautiful, amazing, fabulous life. And then as these allegations start coming out, his health just plummets. And same with Cosby. Like, I feel I mean, it's karma's a bitch, karma's but a it's bitch. also like, and Tom Girardi too. It's like, so all these old men, what they just like, once they get caught, they can just take a deep breath and let it all out and get old. Like, what is, what is it with like old man gets caught, turns old? Like it's weird. Well, do you guys remember the infamous story about the UPenn or the Pennsylvania football Sandusky? team and the Sandusky? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the head coach was complicit and knew that these sexual allegations were going on. And he died almost immediately after, I think they arrested him after they arrested Sandusky. The coach never faced criminal charges, the head coach, but he died almost immediately afterwards. And I think that. Yeah. There's something to happen. say about 
I think there is something to say about it. And I think things happen for a reason. And I, God's justice, I guess. Like karmic justice Mm -hmm. (laughs) or God. I mean, yeah. You know, whoever, Whoever. (laughs) whatever you believe. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, wow. That was, Uh, I know. I'm like, I, I can't really go. That was fun. Yeah, but it, right. it kind of was. Yeah, it always is. It wasn't it's, fun talking about terrible things. It's fun to, you know, I think it's always fun to call someone out on the nasty bullshit that they've done because when nobody talks about it and it just gets forgotten, that's a pass. And I don't think that this man should get a pass at all for anything. Well, and uh, I hate to say this, and I don't know if I've just been. I feel like I've been on social media quite a bit the last couple of weeks and I haven't seen one news article about Bill Cosby being convicted or found no, liable. Me neither. And I think yeah, that's the reason something. I, yeah. And I, the reason I know about it is because of the circle that I run in and yeah. um, specifically what I do, but otherwise, yeah, it's just kind of being brushed under the rug and no, he's not the name that he was in the 1980s, but it's important that people know what he did yes. and what he's been found liable of doing. And mm-hmm. Um, and I think we have the unique perspective in what we do to be able to talk about the legal issues and hopefully, you know, give a little knowledge and have Mm -hmm. people understand, you know, how, how and why his conviction was overturned and how and why he's facing, uh, repercussions in the civil system. And Mm -hmm. I'm assuming he didn't testify and invoke the fifth amendment. No, no, I'm Mm -hmm. assuming. Yeah. So he probably didn't testify and he probably invoked the fifth, right? Correct. Said something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, before we totally wrap up, does anybody have a criminal behavior? Oh my God. I totally forgot. Oh, Lauren. I know. I'm the one that never forgets. I have one. Okay. okay go. But I might offend. I don't fuck. I might oh, offend one you of you what? two. Who cares? Whatever. Okay. So I, you can't offend me, really. No, ever. you can't offend me. Well, I don't know how you feel about MLMs, but I oh. have a very, very, very strong disdain for them. And so mine is constantly being pushed MLM products by these, oh, I, I won't even, I won't even say it, but oh, I, say I, it. I live no, laugh just lovers. Like, yes. Like mm-hmm. love lives sit. here. And I yeah. just don't have the bandwidth for that. Like I was having a text messaging conversation with someone who is a friend. I, I, I should be careful. Anyway, the conversation had nothing to do with the fucking product she's hawking. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden I get a link. Oh, well, if you'd be interested in trying these, pro- no, I'm not interested. I've meant, I've made it very clear that I don't support MLMs mm-hmm. for a number of reasons, because I think they're predatory. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm done with all MLMs. MLMs. So don't come at me. The only person I, I like, that. Is, I love Shanti from Beachbody, wow. which is an MLM, but he's hot. Th- that's, di- <laughs> that's different. <laughs> but no, I, I, I don't, I, I, have a very, very strong disdain for MLMs. Yeah. Body and MLM. It is. Oh, it is. Cause when mm-hmm. I remember when that first came out, you just bought his DVDs. So and now- that's my, yes, no, that, and that's my point. I didn't feel like I was ever supporting an MLM. Cause I just like did the workout. Yeah. yeah but now you can cut, become like a spokesperson or ambassador. No, you become what- a coach. Oh, you're uh, a, you're a fitness coach. Once you sign up and pay 50 bucks a month, you are now qualified to give me tips on my fitness and health. No, Mm-mm. 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 MLMs. And, and it's always like, and here, and one more thing, I'm just going to pile onto your MLM hatred is <laughs> like, 
the people who are like, oh, I make so much money working for oh, Monet, life, Monet, whatever. Yeah. And, and then they post their paycheck, like you have a paycheck coming and then they block out how much money they made. And it's like, show us no, because how much it, money did you make? Because it's $15. Yeah. Because it's a lie. And because that's, so there's a really good podcast. I'll send it to you guys. If you like MLMs, yes. like in terms of just like the psychology of it. And that's why I hate it because they prey on, especially women. They prey on moms mm-hmm. promising financial freedom to people who are in desperate situations. And all they're doing is stealing their money. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, exactly. And you don't, you don't ultimately ever reach this quote financial freedom that they promise you. And it's mm-hmm. all built on like, if you bring in someone, so like in the beginning, you can get bigger bonuses because you're bringing on your poor unsuspecting friends. So I, I hate MLMs, but yeah. I also, I also actually like, I, I don't know how many times you guys probably got this. There was whatever they teach them in their classes. It's the, Hey girl. <laughs> hey girl. Hey, girl. hey mama. Yeah. Hey girl, we haven't hey, talked babe. in a while. I think you'd be <laughs> yeah. so great at selling skincare. It's like, <laughs> fuck off. No, I How do you not. know? We literally haven't talked in years yes. and you bullied me in high school. Yeah, no. I haven't seen you since junior high and you stole my boyfriend. Okay, we are not friends. <laughs> I totally I, agree. Do you feel like it's petered out a little bit and it's died down? No. After the Lulu Row? Oh no. Uh, the only reason I say no is because of the um Airbond girlies are yeah. really airbonding so it up. I'd say mine is petered out a bit because a lot gone on the RNF train, the Rodan and Fields train. Mm. And oh. since that since that has like died. Chris, <laughs> if you saw my Instagram, it just was so bad for so long. And um so the RNF train has stopped and so, <laughs> and so there the these boss babes are no longer oh. coming into my DMs. Oh, oh and it made me so mad because I ran a business. I had my own law firm and I'm like, you were not a business owner no. because you paid yes, $99 to join a MLM. Because you invested $1,500. Yes. Right. And, and it's, buy- not, it's not your business if you're selling other people's, people's stuff. stuff for them using their branded stuff and following their instructions and using their discounts. But what Wait, do we I do know? Whole, we could do a whole entire episode on MLM. We, we should, should do a Lulu Row one. Oh uh, my just God. Just an MLM episode. That would you be guys, a fun. I have a pair of Lulu Row leggings. Oh, my oh They're not patterned. They're not patterns. Don't even get Lauren started. Her mom's my obsessed. mom was the queen of Lulu Row. I'm not kidding you she must have single-handedly kept that franchise in business <laughs> every closet in our home had a lulu row dress leggings whatever the woman has them packed and zip those baggies that you can like suck all the air out vacuum baggies any holiday or theme you want this bitch has a legging and i'm like okay i mean it's a scam but at least my mom has some pants Um, my criminal behavior I just remembered it actually it's and I'm I'm gonna apologize for this one right off the bat but it's the fundamental FLDS people fundamental fundamental church of Latter-day Saints yes I was watching um on Netflix it's called keep sweet and pray keep sweet pray and obey or something holy shit what these people have done to these children Mm-hmm. And just like mind fucked them and made them just do their hair so crazy. Like I follow this girl on TikTok who escaped from the Warren Jeffs 
Fundy Cult. And she did a tutorial on how they did their fundy hair. And I mean, it took about an hour. I mean, to get the wave just right and all that, it's like, it's incredible. So that's my, that's my criminal behavior is like, just let's just let everyone be who they are. And the little except town for the that they used to live in. What? I said in the town they used to live in. In the wall, uh, the rock wall. Yeah. I used yeah. to watch. So I got into a deep dive of him years ago. Mm-hmm. There are so many documentaries on him. And do you, should I watch the Netflix one? Yes. Okay. I heard it's okay. good. I haven't watched it yet, but okay. it's good. It's good. Okay. So my criminal behavior is, and this is, I don't want to offend anybody that okay. may be listening, <laughs> but this criminal behavior goes out to the United States Postal Service. Oh. So we live on a hill. Okay. And we have our mailbox outside. And I, one day we used to have a car parked on the curb in front of our house. That was maybe two feet. There was probably two or three feet between the car and the mailbox. And then we have our driveway and then our neighbor's house. Go out to grab my mail. And I see this orange slip, read it. And it says, please move. It's a standard. It must be some type of standard form that they hand out please move your car to make it easier for the postman basically to pull up, drop your mail and take off. Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Oh, you're mad. <laughs> the four <laughs> steps to the mailbox is too much effort. I'm sorry. You can't park your car, get out and throw the mail into the mailbox. Well, and, and I think like- also there's no ordinance that says you cannot park your vehicle in front of your mailbox <laughs> or by your mailbox for that. The vehicle was not blocking it. Like I said, there was two feet in between where he could have easily pulled up, jumped off, and we weren't obstructing the mailbox in any way. But well, he had know, enough thought, gumption to put the thing in the mailbox. But I mean, it must be something they deal with, obviously, on a regular yeah. basis. But give me a break. Like, you can't pull up, hop out, and throw the mail in. We have a garbage man who will not take the fucking garbage yeah. if the lid isn't all the way flat. But if it's an inch, they'll leave it. And I think it's just a method of control. But I do understand that because I think they have limits. And then also people that, that put their garbage, we've had that before. Mm-hmm. I'm on had, your side with the postman. I need you on my side with the garbage. Man. The garbage. <laughs> I, the, okay. So how about this with the garbage? I do. I can sympathize with you, especially with recycling. Like if you, if like, we just moved in. So we have a bunch of cardboard boxes. Yeah. They don't close the, the down, so we, yeah. have to sit, we have to stick it up. Yeah. We haven't had an issue with them not taking it, but regular trash, I have had them not take it because it's too full. Ugh. Not recycling though. It's just You're, too much. Your mailman is lazy. Yeah. Oh my God. I wanted to put a note back. I wanted to take that orange slip and write on the back of it and say, suck it up. Or, <laughs> or just give him like a $5 Starbucks gift card and be like, I apologize. And then maybe he'll always deliver your mail. Like, cause no, then you, do? what are you going to do? You apologize. My mail. Yeah, no, they have to. And you apologize and then move your car closer. Like oh, two oh, can play me. this game. Oh, two me. can play this game. It made me, it made me so mad. Cause I, and also it's like, show me the ordinance that says I can't park my vehicle in front of my car. Show me. Yeah. So show me where it says that it's against the law. It's not, you're just lazy. And I'm sorry <laughs> that it took two seconds out of your day. <laughs> our mailman actually has to, we only have like the slots in our door. So they actually oh. have to walk. The, yeah. And deliver all of our mail. Ours and does that, too. And that is where, like, because when we used to live down in the Bay Area, our mailman used to get out 
and he would have to drop because we would have a giant mailbox wall with all of the addresses. He always had to get out. And I'm like, it's part of the job. Yeah. Or yeah. what about the mailmen that actually physically walk with like their bag? Yeah. They walk down the street. Ours does. That's that. what ours does. Yeah. And it's like, it can get negative 20 here and it oh, has, yeah. and the mail shows up. So oh, it's I'm like, so uh, you can get out of the car. If, if my, if mailman Mike over here can be delivering <laughs> the mail, walking from house to house in negative temperatures, you can deliver the mail to cash. And with that, and with that, (laughs) (laughs) at least we, at least we lighten the mood. It's true. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Check out allegedly Bravo, wherever you get your podcasts and check out legally 40 ish, wherever you get your podcasts, follow all of us on Instagram. We're at allegedly Bravo. You guys are at legally 40 ish, right? We are. It's except it's like, it's just me now. I think. Okay. Follow Allegra (laughs) and also Allegra's TikToks and reels are off the wall. So follow everyone on TikTok too. Well, and Allegra, then if you're all by your lonesome, you should just become a, you should pop on like once a month with us. Yeah. I would love that. That would be so fun. That would make me very happy. (laughs) Well, thank you guys for listening. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye. Bye.